Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. State Andrew Cuomo, we are here to stay and we are not fucking going anywhere. I know that it has been a couple of weeks since we had a podcast. We both have been very busy. You know, life just happens. But welcome everyone finally to another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. And we have a we have a couple episodes for you on tap this week. Uh we're going to be recording two. This is the first of two that we are recording this week. You know, just to keep us, uh, you know, keep us going. You know, keep the view, of the listeners interested. Keep, uh, you know, keep have the people keep the faith in us. Um, uh, so we've got a couple, like I said, we got a couple episodes today. Uh, no, not today. This week that we're going to be recording, and then we'll hit back to our normally scheduled one episode a week pod, uh, routine. Uh, but like I said, just wanted to get back into uh, the routine after a couple weeks off. Today, we are going to be talking about new faces and new places. Over the past couple of weeks that we were on hiatus, a lot of moves across various sports happened with NHL and NBA free agency, the MLB trade deadline, and also the soccer transfer window in Europe. So I figured we would discuss some major moves that have been happening, that happened or have been happening, and also just give our thoughts on them. And I figured I will start out in European soccer. Uh, the move to everyone's surprise, Lionel Messi, uh, quite possibly the greatest European soccer player of all time, Barcelona legend left Barcelona after 21 years with the club after joining uh, uh, after joining that 21 years at the club 17 as a professional and he is leaving them because of a lot of issues at Barcelona and he officially joined French club Paris Saint-Germain today on a two-year deal and you know I'm just gonna have you started off and like you know I want your whole thought your take on everything associated with the Messi saga. Um, well, if this was more last year, uh, clearly Messi wanted the move last year, so it wouldn't have come as much to as a surprise, whereas this year kind of flipped back and saying, stating that he wanted to stay at Barcelona. This was his club. I mean, he's been there since he was just a child, um, and that's all I know is Barcelona has given his heart and soul to that city. Um, he's given his everything to that club, and like you said, in my opinion now, he's the best soccer player ever. Um, I think it's undoubtable as much as I was Ronaldo fan for a long time. Messi is just pure greatness and the best to ever do it. But um, now with him moving to PSG and officially getting in today, this team is going to be very, very scary come Champions League time. I get they play in the Farmers League and French League One. Um, but, man, I mean, I, I didn't expect PSG, though, to be fair. I thought for sure he was going to make a move to the Premier League and come play for Man City. So, I mean, I can't, like, 
going off of what you said there about how we all knew he wanted to leave after last year because Barcelona themselves, they're in complete turmoil. Billion dollars in debt. Uh, they ha- their, The former president of the club was a complete jackass, didn't know what he was doing, running the club into the ground and ruining any relationship that came across his way. They get a new president, convince, try to convince Messi to stay. They had a contract agreement uh, uh, renew, uh, uh, agreed upon. They had a renewal ready. He was going to stay until 2023. Then they were going to talk again in two years. But because of everything that was associated with the previous uh, presidential administration uh, at Barcelona, with the being a billion dollars in debt as a club, with the... Uh, you know, all the financial constraints that were associated with Barcelona per La Liga rules. Um, it was kind of sad to see that, like, it's like Messi wasn't staying at Barcelona and was officially becoming a free agent, mm-hmm. uh, given the circumstances. Um, to you talking about how you thought he would have gone to the Premier League, I've thought differently, actually. The only reason why I thought City at first, I've thought City last year. When he was yeah, I should have I should have corrected myself. Sorry, I would have thought City last year. Yeah, I, I thought City last there. year. This year, I didn't think City all that much, mainly because Man Man City signed a Jack Grealish from Aston Villa. They paid a hundred million pounds for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, most expe- most expensive transfer in Premier League history now, too. By the way, uh, but. Man City turned their focus to Jack Grealish. They're turning their focus to Harry Kane, too, now. Um, Lionel Messi was not in their thought process of, like, trying to recruit players. So, in my mind, um, PSG was the only option for me, uh, unless Messi decided to go to his second home of Miami uh, and, you know, just put and determine and decide that his European soccer career was over. But... I knew that that was a very, very, very minuscule chance of happening. Uh, so when PS, you know, like all the talk right away after the announcement of him leaving Barcelona, it's like, oh, PSG are the front runners. PSG does. Uh, I mean, I still can't believe it to be honest that Lionel Messi like was unveiled as a PSG player today. Mm-hmm. That he's going to be playing alongside Neymar and Kylian Mbappe in a front three, and that front three, uh, this is like watching Michael Jordan play for the Washington Wizards. Like, you literally have, like... Well, I think the only difference in that saying right there is Messi still has a lot left to offer. He's got a lot left in the tank, where she is going to be in his prime. Whereas when MJ went to the Wizards, she was, like, on the... She was on the back one. He was on the 18th hole. Well, I mean, the thing is... Not even on the back line of his career. He was, like, on the 18th hole. But I think Messi still will put up the same numbers he was putting up at Barcelona, if not even more, because I think La Liga is a lot more competitive league than League One is in France. Well, France, the French, like, the only reason why I say that about Michael Jordan and the Wizards is because nobody ever is, like, you know, when you think of Michael Jordan, you don't think of his time with the Wizards. Oh, and by the way, he averaged 21.2 points per game at ages 39 and 40 and made two All-Stars. I had this conversation with somebody the other day, and and they were telling me that Michael Jordan didn't do shit with the Wizards. So, two All-Star appearances and averaging 20. 21 points per game uh at that age mm-hmm. i mean that's pretty that's pretty respectable there in my opinion but um no i like nobody is like you don't think of the wizards when you think of michael jordan like you're not going to think of psg when you think of messi so right. like that's why i'm making a comparison it's kind of like uh you know also like when gretzky went to the canes like uh, well uh, you know 
Well, I can't say that really because he went to the Rangers and the Blues after that. Um, well, the Kings was a trade. The Kings was a trade. But the thing is, though, is you never would have thought Gretzky. Right, people right. back you in the 80s wanted to say. You think of Gretzky, you think of the Oilers. Exactly. But exactly. So that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah, I'm saying I right there. Yeah, I So, but, um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Messi will probably still have the same numbers, if not more. Um Going off of that, though, I believe that, like, the French League is actually somewhat, like, secretly competitive. I mean, well, it's, still, it's, still a, it's still a top five league in the world. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not competitive. I'm just saying it's probably the least competitive. Well, them and Syria on Italy probably, like, are fighting for, like, number four, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. I mean, you're not wrong there. But, I mean, I'm just saying how, like, the French League has been on the up and up over the past few years with all the talent that they're getting, uh, with the young talent that they're developing. Yeah. And, like, the, I won't say great players, but, like, they've got a really good group of really good players in, in that league overall. So, it's just a mat. But the thing is, though, is, like, how you said, like, this PSG team, like, with him added into it is already is kind is kind of like a cheat code for European soccer. When you really think about it, it's just a matter of like, if whether or not, if they have any hiccups along the way, um, uh, the, only going thing could, the only thing, thing that could derail this team really, I mean, looking at paper is just injuries to be and their manager now. and yeah, fucking Fradicio, Fradicino, Fradicio, Fradicino, or Pacino. No, but no, I think we won't really have to manage that club, in my opinion. I mean, when you have like this caliber that they, I mean, just look at their front three and now they got Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. They just got Winaldum on a free transfer. They got Ramos on a free transfer now as well. They got Donnarumma on a free they transfer, guess, too. Yeah. The only, and uh, I mean, the, I mean, Wijnaldum, like, you know, Wijnaldum's a good player in himself. But, like, the other two that we had just mentioned, like, you know, obviously Ramos is kind of towards the back end of his career. Mm -hmm. But Donnarumma is, like, one of the best goalkeepers in the world winning Euro the Euros with Italy. So, like, this team is just kind of crazy. And to add quite possibly the greatest of all time into this lineup is just madness. I mean, that would be, like... I don't I, I I don't know like honestly that would be like the Yankees like taking like taking like prime Mike Trout and just inserting him into the lineup or like I don't or like the 90s Dallas Cowboys you know taking Deion Sanders from the from the 49ers in free agency. I mean the Yankees and Mike Trout that's never going to happen but Deion to the Cowboys actually did happen after uh after uh, the 1994 season, and they won the Super Bowl in '95, but um, you know that's kind of like you know that's kind of like how it is. Like you know, you got like you're adding a good player to a great great player already to a stacked squad. So like it's kind of unfair. But the thing is though, with how you and I have discussed it multiple times, with how like UEFA and financial fair play is, and how much of a joke that is, and and the basis of how like. They were able to get him on a free transfer. That's the crazy part. Like, the, I 
looking at it now, Barcelona should have let Messi leave last year because they would have got probably a good chunk of money for him. They pro- Honestly, they could have probably said, here, you want him? Billion dollars. Yeah, they could have. They literally could have got themselves out of debt. With they probably could. Well, I would. I would go that far as to saying that much of a transfer, but City was willing to pay what, like two hundred fifty million, something like that. City was willing to break Neymar's transfer fee record that he from when he went to PSG. Yeah, I mean, like in hindsight, they should have let him go, especially since Barca didn't win the league last year and didn't win Champions League. No, exactly. I mean, looking at like you, you didn't gain anything really by keeping Messi there, and now you're just letting the best player in the world go for free, which is ridiculous. That is ex- that's that's wildly insane. That's wildly insane. That would be like the Oilers letting McDavid go, McDavid go for nothing uh, and leaving Edmonton yeah. to God knows where. I'm trying, like you know, I don't know if McDavid if McDavid left Edmonton and went to um. Uh, Oh, what's the crap? What Detroit? If yeah, if Steve Geiserman just said said, "Hey, Connor, come here," and Edmonton lost him for nothing, that would be insane. Um, uh, but uh, I, I, overall, I'm still shocked at the whole situation. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna be making his PSG debut this weekend or next weekend. Obviously, he still needs to go into like his first day is complete. Like now, he now it's just some, like you know the ceremonial unveiling, and like then he'll go into training with the rest of the with the rest of his teammates. Um, uh, but by the time like that comes, like he'll he I don't think he'll be ready for Saturday. I think he'll probably play next sa- Saturday or Sunday. Um, uh, their third league, which will be their third league match of the season. Uh, in league in league yeah. already. No, so, I think I think I could see him starting Saturday. To be fair. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I, I mean, you're bringing the best player in the world to your lineup, and he's gonna be ready no matter what you play him as. Um, he's gonna be. They they kind of play the same formation as Barca did, where Messi's gonna be that right winger, and his role isn't gonna change much. No, it won't. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm also, I, you know, with with today happening and everything, with how he was unveiled, I kind of got skeptical. I kind of had the thought process, like, you know, what if I just decide to? Part of me is like, you know, now I could just like buy a messy PSG jersey, like, you know, just to have like that weird jersey, like, you yeah, know. I don't, I don't like him back in number thirty though. That's I know that's what he started at Barca with. Well, but, uh, I don't. That... I don't like the number thirty. The number of thirty is kind of like when you're a teenager, or like, or like, uh, or like somebody in their early twenties making their debut for the team. Yeah, it's, or like a hockey goalie. <laughs> or like it's a hockey. Like the only time it's acceptable to wear number thirty. Exactly. It's kind of um, uh, it's kind of crazy. I mean, overall, there. I mean, that's probably. I mean, Pia. I mean, that's pro. That's the move of all moves, right there. Honestly, I'm. I'm. I mean, like. The greatest player of all time, leaving your leaving the club you've been with for the major um good amount of your life, uh, to go somewhere else into a different league. I mean, PSG just kind of pulled off a coup, and if, if you ask me, uh, but not at their own expense. I mean, it was kind of it was more at Barcelona's expense with how stupid their club is run, but mm-hmm. they took advantage of the situation and. Quite possibly one of quite possibly the biggest move in the history of the transfer market in general happened uh, officially today, which is insane. 
like I don't think there will be any move in any sport, whether it's European soccer, uh, fo- uh, American football, basketball, hockey, baseball, like even like fucking know, any sport, you name it. Like there's no move that will ever. Right, and, it, and it's just crazier that it just like it so blows my mind that it's a free transfer. Exactly. For, for his caliber player, like for a free transfer is just unreal. Exactly. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, uh, spe- I, you know, honestly, like you know, going and continuing along with um, uh, you know, the transfer market and everything. You know, I've thought that. You know, I. You know, with how crazy it's been, like I've thought that, like you know, Real Madrid losing Ramos and Varane without replacing any center backs, um, uh, was crazy in itself. Honestly, yeah. I mean. I mean, you know, both Real Madrid and Barcelona lost their captains to uh, the same team in Ligoon. Uh They also lost Rafael Varane. Real Madrid also lost Rafael Varane to Manchester United. He's going to be officially being unveiled finally. I think either tomorrow or Thursday after having the quarantine and had some. He also had to go through some visa issues as well because mm-hmm. of how the British government is as well. So. Is it safe to say La Liga is dead without Messi? La Liga is dead in general. I mean, well, it's an end of an era. I mean, the La Liga of Ronaldo and Messi and Real and the Real and those Real Madrid and Barcelona teams. Like when Ronaldo left, La Liga was like you know the coffin was being taken. The coffin was being taken out for the most part. Mm -hmm. But now when Ramos when Ramos and Varane left, like you were starting to put the coffin like you know into the like you know. You know, put you know, starting to put the nails in the coffin. Yeah, Messi now the le- coffin's going six feet under. The coffin's going six feet under. Nails are in the coffin. Messi is gone. Um, and to make it-, it worse for Barcelona as well, uh, their newest transfer, Sergio Guerrero, already wants out. Well, because of him being promised to play with Messi, and now he can't. Exactly. It's just insane. It's just extremely insane how it happened like that. Uh, but yeah, La Liga is dead. And the thing is, though, is like, uh, and you know, honestly, I when it comes to like moves happening in La Liga, there are a lot of more. There are a lot of big name players leaving mm-hmm. more so than coming to La Liga, which is kind of sad to see. I mean, La Liga used to be, like I said, That's where everyone wanted to go. Everyone wanted to be moved to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Yeah, and now everybody's leaving the league because. Uh, well, they really don't have any star power, and all the star power that they have is like on the tail ends of their career. Yeah, it seems like the power now is shifting to the Premier League with just the stars being there. Exactly. Well, like, I mean, you always have PSG though, just because they're just at just that oil money, so they'll always be able to have the players they need and want. Just exactly. They're so rich of a club, it doesn't matter the competitiveness in that league. Is still always be able to have what they want just based on how much they can pay those players, which is ridiculous as amounts. Exactly. Going off onto the Premier League, though, with new faces and new places, like I said about Rafael Varane, but Man United also finally acquired Jadon Sancho from uh, Borussia Dortmund and had him officially unveiled a couple weeks ago as well. I don't want to go too much into that because uh, that was another long saga that got dragged out, in my opinion. But United finally got the player that they wanted. But over the past couple of days, 
Uh, it looks like Romelu Lukaku, the Inter Milan striker and Belgian Belgian international, looks like he could be on his way to return to the Premier League and be returning to his to his former club Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, he spent one season at Inter. They won two, two seasons. Two seasons, excuse me. Uh, one Serie A in his second league or second year with them, and now he's back on his way into the Premier League, which. To be fair, I didn't realize that Lukaku was still so young. I didn't realize he was only 28. I thought he was in his 30s. Yeah, no, Lukaku's been around just for so long. I can't like he yeah, came just... around at such a young age. I mean, the whole situation is insane. I mean, Inter is the same way as Barcelona. They've got a lot of financial constraints. Mm-hmm. That's why they sold Hakimi to PSG. Um, Lukaku, uh, Lukaku honestly wanted to get out. Uh, he told Inter Milan to like accept whatever bid Chelsea threw at them, yeah. and it looks like Chelsea's going to end up paying like about 135 million, like 135 million dollars, which is like 118 million pounds or something like that. I'm not entirely sure like what the denominations uh, convert to, but to, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like you know, first off, I never like really would have expected Lukaku to leave the Premier League ever. Uh, but I mean, he did have a successful two years in Inter Milan, uh, breaking uh, the Brazilian Ronaldo's single season goal scoring record in his first season at Inter, and then also winning a Serie A title in his second season to go along with the Europa League runners up medal in his first. Uh, but the thing is, though, for Chelsea to like lose Lukaku at such a young age after not giving him a chance, uh, you know, not giving him a chance because of like players that they had already had. So they let him go to Everton for like 35 million. Uh, and then he just goes like he went from Everton to Man United, had a terrible couple of years there. And now Chelsea are willing to buy him back for almost 100 million more um, uh, for 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 that for just to retain his services again which is insane seems like a waste of money they're not a waste of money but it seems like they could have been smarter with that they definitely <laughs> could they definitely could have been smarter with that um uh, but just... like Kelsey always d- did have trouble though developing their strikers because i mean you look at Salah was there and Salah struggled while he was there um and then he goes off and plays for roma and then he comes back to Premier League liverpool and he lights it up and he's been a superstar in the Premier League, so it might just be something with Chelsea just developing their young strikers. Probably there. I mean, like it's looking just... at it now, that could be. I mean, I get they had Kevin De Bruyne, and he they sent him off to uh, Werder Berman or whatever the German Wolfsburg. Wolfs- oh, that's right, Wolfsburg. Um, they sent him off to there, and then he comes back to the Premier League, and he is probably the best midfielder to ever grace the game at the end of his career. Not oh, not just pop- yeah, but. At the end of his career, yeah, it might be possible that he's got his names up there with the greats. So Chelsea just might have trouble with just developing those players now that they were actually taking like a look into this and realizing what's happening. Oh yeah, no, without a doubt, there. I mean, uh, the past few days in the uh, in the transfer window have been like. Uh, kind of crazy honestly i mean there's talk that i saw something a couple days ago i don't know if i shared it with you or not but uh i saw that the other inter milan striker lotaro martinez uh mm-hmm. the argentine international like uh was in talks to go to tottenham of all clubs to really? play alongside harry kane no i didn't see that yet yeah uh it was a couple of days ago i saw something about that uh 
that there was rumors that he uh, Tottenham were interested in submitting a bid, were interested in him and going to submit a bid uh, to try and obtain uh, Lotaro Martinez from Inter Milan to play alongside Harry Kane. So oh, that's right. I didn't see you did send me that. Now I remember seeing that. You did so I mean that that's not a new face yeah. in a new place, but that would kind right. of be a new face in a new place in a place that we wouldn't expect. Yeah, no, I mean, who wants to go to Tottenham? Let's be uh, honest. I mean, that is an absolute dog shit club. It's like going um, to play hockey in Buffalo. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. I'll uh, I'll trade the Sabres. No, actually, I'm not going to go that far yet. I'm not ready to sell the Sabres away just yet. <laughs> no, don't sell them away just yet. But, that I mean, no, if that I mean, happens. Even you guys in United have been making some moves. Um, Liverpool has just kind of stayed stagnant through this whole transfer window. I mean, I get – we signed uh, Ibrahim Conte, or however you pronounce his name. Ibrahim Conte, yeah, the yeah. center back to pair alongside Virgil to... van Dijk. But other than that, that's the only real move we made. You guys are besides, filling holes. Besides hockey, not... yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I feel like we could use, especially with Ronaldo leaving, we could use, like, a big presence in the midfield. But Potentially, I, I get, yes. I get we got that, the top, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Tissam, Tissamikas, uh the kid that played in the he's he's a Greece national player. Okay, I, I'm not entirely sure who you're going on about there, but yeah, yeah I mean, he's... new fit. I mean, like I said, you know, Liverpool could definitely be a club that may need a new face or two, uh, especially in terms of filling holes there. Uh, and there's still a couple of weeks left in the transfer window, um, uh, in terms of it for the, for England. So actually, no, I think it goes until the end of the month. It goes until um, September first, yes. So we have about a month or so. So that's always so. Maybe some new faces in new places could still potentially happen in the Premier League as well as other fi- European clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, not much really happening in the Bundesliga in terms of new faces and new places. I mean, Dortmund lost Sancho, but they signed uh, they signed somebody. They signed another youth uh, player to uh, another youth yeah. player to replace him. Bayern has been very quiet. Juventus, uh, they didn't lose Ronaldo, so that's not that. Uh, I mean, that we have, you have talks of uh, Bayern Munich wanting to get Halan from Borussia Dortmund, which wouldn't surprise me if Dortmund sells him because Dortmund loves selling their stars to Bayern for whatever reason. Uh, that's every Bundesliga club, but that's another discussion for another day. I don't um, like it. We like... did have an American uh, just go to the Premier League, though. Oh, yes. Josh Sargent went from uh, Werder Bremen to Norwich City. So for those that like actually don't follow a lot of American soccer players, um, American soccer players over the past few years have actually been gaining uh, some notoriety and move, making some big moves uh, from uh, their clubs, uh, from club to club, honestly. I mean, um, uh, could you say this is the golden generation for U.S. soccer? Definitely. They become new faces in new places. Josh mm-hmm. Sargent moving to to Norwich City uh, uh, of the Premier League. Gianluca Buzio uh, went from his MLS club to Venezia FC. That uh, is uh, a series. That's actually uh, Venice. Uh, they play. They are a Serie A club. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there was somebody else that um, uh, from the U.S. Uh, the Gold Cup team actually that went somewhere else actually, but the thing is though is like there's a lot of new faces and new going to new places uh, and going to be making their mark uh, in terms of whether or not they're an American soccer player or a big name player like uh, uh, like Messi, Lukaku, Varane, you know those players. So like it's kind of, and like I said, there's still a couple weeks left there. 
Um, but you know, I do speaking going back off of free transfers, I guess, uh, I do want to push uh, attention to the free agent markets of the National Hockey League and the National Basketball Association. NHL free agency started up a couple weeks ago while we were on hiatus. That was and- wild. That was wild. That was like a wild two days. And I mean, it, it was a while, two days. And I mean, the thing is, though, is like it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Like the period hasn't ended, but like the first two days have been completely insane. I mean, once again, I mean, I'll have you take it away. I mean, you know, <laughs> Philip Grubauer going to Seattle. We'll start with that. Yeah, I mean, Grubauer, in, in, in hindsight, now seeing what Colorado did going and getting going and getting a um the goalie from arizona and i'm blanking on his name um oh darcy kemper from arizona the move does make sense because at the end of the day um grubauer knew like he wanted that six times six contract and colorado wanted more of like a five times five contract so i mean it it makes sense because he isn't I, i wouldn't say grubauer like grubauer is the goalie but i didn't think it was a goalie that was can get Colorado the cup at the end of the day. I think Darcy Kemper, um, I get he, at times he struggled in Phoenix, but Phoenix was a great a shit show and he was seeing pucks on light on him. Whereas now he goes to Colorado who's more of a puck possession team. He's not going to have to face as many shots. And Darcy Kemper, I think is going to be a stud goaltender for them. Um, so th- that move group hour there made sense because he didn't get the contract he wanted. I'm sure he, he would have loved to stay in Colorado, but I mean, at the end of the day, though, Grubauer does have his cup already. Even though he was the backup on the Caps team that won the cup, I get that. But he still has his name on the cup, so maybe now he's just looking for the money instead of for the cup. So now oh. he goes to a Kraken team where he knows he's going to be that for sure number one and trying to get that team to where they need to be because I'm convinced that team will be good in the next two to three years. Um, I don't think Seattle's really in that win-now mode. They're building for the future. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, you know, going off of new faces and new places in the NHL, and speaking of goalies, I mean, Lena Salmark going to Boston, like, really kind of put a dent in, uh, you know, I, you know, my hope as a Sabres fan of trying to figure out the goalie issue uh, that they have. Uh, and, I mean... If I if you believe everything, apparently like they made it, they made the same offer to him a few months back that Boston that he agreed to with Boston and he turned it down. So I don't blame him, but I also think the Sabers are in a tank for Shane Wright kind of mode. Um, he is the next two years. We have unreal players coming into the draft, and. The same I, I just think we're trying to get one of those kids because I know we got Shane Wright, and then in 2023, I I can't think of the kid's name, but I know both of these kids are supposed to be like the next Eichel and McDavid combo and like Matthews and all them. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree there too. I think, yeah, I think the Sabres are, have completely gone into that uh, that just tank, tank mode. We're going to be fighting for last place again, in my opinion. Um especially with the moves the Sabres have made this offseason. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the moves that the Sabres have made this offseason are, compare- are are terrible compared to, like, other teams in any sport, honestly. I mean, when you uh, when you sign Craig Anderson to play to be a goalkeeper, like, you, are, you know that you're in for a rough one in the regular season once that starts up. Did you also notice most most of the guys that came and signed with us signed for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? 
Yeah, they only signed like one year, seven hundred fifty thousand or eight hundred thousand dollar deal. Yeah, Mark Pesic, Mark Pesic got a nine hundred thousand dollar deal. I'm pretty sure everyone else had signed. You got one year, seven fifty. Yeah, Mark Pesic should not have came back. I don't know what the hell that was about. I mean, all of the moves that the Sabers made, it's uh, like have very, very frustrated me. But the thing is, though, well, I'm, I'm happy with the with us resigning Rasmus Asplund. I, I that's the probably the only move I like from this offseason so far. Oh, I yeah, I wholeheartedly agree there with you. I mean, you know, um, uh, we could go more in depth about this, but we like to uh, preserve the mental mental health that we have <laughs> left. Uh, in terms of it, uh, a lot of guys that they did bring in, uh, like were coached under Donnie Meatballs uh, throughout his various stints at other coaching mm-hmm. gigs. Uh, so it's kind of like you know bringing the Donnie Meatballs game together again. Uh, so we'll see how that goes and what that strategy entails and everything. But they have not traded Jack Eichel yet. So Jack Eichel is not a new face in a new place. Um, Do you want to go into – did you, did you see what his uh, Eichel's agent came out and said? Uh, Do you want to get into that or no? I we can get into that. We can, that. we can get into that in a, in a future episode. Um, okay. uh more future episode because like i said you know new moves and new new places and new new faces and new places uh he's still his face uh not a new face in a new place yet though we'll see how that transpires um and whatnot uh obviously uh as the days I, go- I just i just want to put in there before we move on to, to new faces new places i just don't think he's moved i think he will be a saber come the start of the year i think oh. his his asking price is too high especially without him getting his surgery yet because of the whole conflict there. But I think Eichel will be a saver at the start of the season, so we can just move on from that. Oh, 100%. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of other new faces in new places. Um, uh, like the Vesna, the Vesna Trophy winner going to, going Chicago. to Chicago for basically and, nothing. Which well, Vegas go, is an absolute joke of an organization for the way they've had. They're a very cutthroat organization from what we've seen. Yo, 100%. Oh, I mean, 100%. they didn't even have the audacity to tell their the guy that got him to their cup run, the guy that's been the backbone of that team, um, that he was traded. He found out through social media. I get the GM said he came out and tried to tell him, but it got the he said he called them right after, but I don't think it would have got the social media that fast. So Vegas is an absolute joke. Oh, I mean, my thing is, is like when I, when I, when we, when you and I were talking about that trade and that it happened, like I was absolutely shocked. Because the thing is, though, is like Vegas was I'm pretty sure Vegas was certain that he was going to retire if he went to Chicago. And now that he's not, I mean, with the moves that Chicago has made, like, you know, in terms of like keeping players, bringing in yeah. new new bringing in new younger players. Um, they're going to get Taze back this year. They're going to get Kirby Dosh back this year. So I think I think they're better now already without Flurry. Um, I, I know their young goaltender last year wasn't too bad for them, and now adding Flurry into this lineup with a healthy Tage and healthy Kirby Dosh and Kane are still playing the way he is. I think they're going to – they could have a chance. Flurry has a real chance to make another run at a cup for himself if he wants. Oh, 100%. With this team. And with that trade with Vegas, I think this makes Vegas worse because I know they were in cap trouble, and like the, clearly this trade was to clear up money for them. But now they've gotten worse at goaltending because now you have Robin Leonard as your one. And I don't even know who their number two is now. Oh, I don't even know who their number two is. But they said they wanted. I mean, clearly you saw during the playoffs, like they struggled. Like after their top two lines, they struggled. 
And oh. that's what they said they wanted to go after this offseason, but they have made no moves yet. So if I'm, if I'm a Vegas fan, I am very mad because you just got rid of the best goalie on your team for basically nothing in return, and you haven't even addressed what you wanted to yet this offseason. Oh, I have no idea what they're going, what's going on in Vegas. I think they're, I think they're, no, actually, this is all pun intended, taking a gamble on everything. Um, uh, and the thing is, though, is like they're not even gambling on like in the right places. They're probably at the fucking roulette, uh, at the roulette or craps tables at this point, trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Um, uh, so all puns intended and asides there. I mean, one team that, uh, has made a few moves. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they'll make them for better or for worse with who they've gained and who they lost, but Montreal has had a lot of transactions over the past couple of weeks uh, where they have gained players, they've lost players. I mean, they they gained a defenseman in David Savard, but they lost Philip Deneau to the Los Angeles Kings. They lost Corey Perry to the Tampa Bay Lightning, too. Um, I mean, Montreal, made, Montreal has uh, made a lot of transactions. Uh, and the thing is, though, is I don't know like if these moves are going to make them for better or for worse. I mean, they... I mean, you know, they just came up against a juggernaut uh, in the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they're te- they're technically the defending Western Conference champions, which is in, which is crazy enough to say as it is. But for a team that came within uh, within distance of the of winning the Stanley Cup, for the moves that they've made, I, I'm yet to determine if whether or not they will actually be a competitive team. In the, uh, I want in the Atlantic Division once uh, the season starts. Um, like you know the new faces, uh, you know the faces they've lost, the faces they've gained. I'm really not sure how that's going to work out there. Uh, An- another team that I think got a lot better this offseason, also coming out of Canada, is Winnipeg Jets. I think, in my opinion, this is the team that probably made the smartest decisions, kind of what they need to, because they knew they needed to get better on the back, especially after. Was it two years ago, three years ago? Now they're losing Buffalo, who basically just said he was done with hockey. Um, so clearly, you saw them struggle at defense, but they have gone into free agency knowing what they needed. And they have, I, I think they really have gotten a lot better, this team. And I think it's exciting, too, because with, with hopefully crowds back up in Canada, now we're going to get to see that whiteout crowd with a good team. And that's always a fun team to watch. Um, clearly, I know they made playoffs last year. Um, made it to the second round and got swept by the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, I think this team made the right moves and have gotten a lot better. Who exactly did win? I mean, like, I know Winnipeg made uh, Winnipeg made some moves. But they, didn't, like... they didn't sign any big names, but they signed, like, the pieces that they needed. Didn't um, they sign Matthew Perot? They signed Matthew Perot, right? Mm-hmm. They signed Matthew Perot. Yeah, they he was a piece that they had. He came out. He, he, him an unrestricted free agent, but he signed back there. Okay, he signed. They signed. They resigned Matthew Perot. I knew that. Yeah, I know so they, picked, they picked up Riley Nash. Uh, they resigned Logan Stanley. Okay. Yeah, they made. They made. I. Re, that's my opinion. I think that's a team to watch out for this year now. So, so a couple same made. faces in the same place, but a new face. And they, and, they, and they, they picked in like no, no huge names, but they plugged in pieces where I think those players will help them. Oh yeah, no, without a doubt, there, without a doubt, there. Um, uh, I'm still trying to fit like. 
Um, uh, I mean, going off of new faces in new places and every, Kaprizov with every, going to Russia. <laughs> yeah, Kapriel Kaprizov going to Russia potentially, which is just insane. Um, uh, I mean, and it's only a one year eight. It's only like a one year eight figure deal. Like, I mean, they're like. Uh, I mean, that's his problem. He wants clearly. He was a rookie this year, but he already wants the wild to pay him superstar money, which I believe the kid deserves because I mean, the kid literally came into the NHL and absolutely lit it up. Especially I after they bought I, out those I, I, contracts. Yeah, I've heard rumble. Yeah, exactly. I've heard rumblings that if Minnesota is willing to pay him what he wants, he is going to stay. I don't think he 100% really wants to go back to Russia. I know there was something weird that came out with him with uh, him and Putin, how Putin wanted him back there, so he was going up for Putin. But I, I've heard that if Minnesota is willing to pay him, he, he wants to stay with the Wild. Yeah, Minnesota was talking about like giving him a seven or eight year deal uh, with the money that he wants. Uh, it all depends on like what the A. I think, uh, I think he'd be AAV around. He, I think he'd be around Eichel money, probably right, maybe a little less, like maybe seven, seven years, like seven years, like eight and a half a year, nine a year, maybe. Because I mean, Landeskog just what do you get seven by seven? Yeah, Landeskog. Uh, yeah, Landeskog got like seven seven. Um, because uh, there was a, a lot of talk that like he was gonna leave Colorado, but obviously like he stayed. Um, uh, so he's the same. So he's a, so he's the same face, same place guy. But Kaprizov becoming a new face and <laughs> literally uh, in an old place. Actually, yeah, going new back face to in an old place. Um, uh, but like it's kind of crazy. Like you know, the wild. Like that whole situation is just insane there because they bought out their con. They bought out those contracts. Uh, if they lose, because uh, you know they bought them out to build around Kaprizov because mm-hmm. he's the future of their franchise, obviously. But if that situation doesn't, uh, you know, have if that situation doesn't like really un- unfold the way the wild want it to be, like Kaprizov really could be playing in Russia for a year or two. And then, you know, I mean, how would that work? Would he still technically be under contract with the wild? I believe he would still be under contract with the wild. He does uh, not get paid by them clearly because he's not playing. But I think if he came back after a year, I think he would still technically be with the wild. Yeah. And if he doesn't want if he doesn't want to stay in Minnesota, he'll have to he will become a new face in a new place in the National Hockey League, because obviously Minnesota won't uh, won't try and do anything to derail the kid's career or anything like that. Actually, um, one big defensive name that was on the move to a new uh, new face, new place is Dougie Hamilton went to went to the New Jersey Devils, I think, for nine million for I think. Believe. Yeah, Canes fans are not happy about that one right there. Canes well, actually, I've heard that. I know clearly Canes fans aren't happy, but I heard because Dougie Hamilton has moved so much, I don't really care this much about like if you're a locker room guy or not, but I've heard he's not a great person to be with in the locker room, and that's why he's moved to so many teams. Yeah, no, I mean, good, it's weird. You never really see that good of a player get moved so much. Well, I mean, that's my thing. I heard that too. I mean, the only reason why Canes fans are unhappy is because they feel like, you know, ownership, like, you know, they have like, they have a pretty good team down there and down there in Raleigh and Riley, North Carolina. So like what they're like, you know, I think like, you know, Canes fans are just getting annoyed. Like they get all these good players and then they let them go for nothing. Uh, Don't get anything in return. Um, uh, and then, and then Tony Tony D'Angelo goes to Carolina to replace Dougie Hamilton because clearly they value Tony D'Angelo as a better player than Dougie Hamilton for some for some god awful reason. I don't know. Um, I know that. Uh, 
But yeah, Dougie Hamilton going to the Devils though. Like I was shocked when I saw that. I mean, we all know no, I, I wasn't because before the deal came out, that was a team like that people were talking he was going to. Like I that. mean, I'm not shocked in terms of that. I, I mean, mean he, he fits their style of play, and I mean, the guy he has an absolute rocket from the blue line. I mean, so I mean, it's good for the Devils, but I think the Devils still need to like have issues of their own. That's why I'm saying this came as a shock yeah. to me because the thing is, though, is you're gonna give so you're gonna give money like that to a guy like to a player of that caliber. But the thing is, though, is you have holes to fill yourselves. So like, well, you thankfully, know, I mean, thankfully for them, Subban's contract is up next year, and that was a ten million dollar contract, so that will clear up that. And but they still got to sign. Uh, they still got to re or resign. Uh, Jack Hughes. Yeah, if he wants, he's gonna he's gonna get a good payday if he wants to stay. If he could be a new face in a new place next season, but uh, I mean, overall, like you know, clearly the moves that our team that we support made, uh, we're not happy with. But I mean, you know, you might as well throw me in goaltender if Craig Anderson's playing. (laughs) Uh, Give give me a hundred thousand. I'm gonna play goalie for you. I'll make sure. I'll make sure we get last place. Don't sign Craig Anderson. (laughs) But, uh, actually, one, one, one other kind of bigger name. I know he's kind of like on the back end of his career as well, but Nick Foligno signed with the Boston Bruins. Yes, I did see that, actually. Um, uh, I mean, the over, overall, the Bruins actually made some pretty decent moves, uh, you know, uh, to help uh, improve their chances of trying to win the Cup again. I know they lost a couple pieces, but they also re-signed Hall. Um, Krejci's done, though, which is definitely going to hurt that. David Krejci left and went back home to back to the Czech Republic, right? Yes, he wants to go uh, help his family grow up where he grew up. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if come like around playoff time, if they get him, I believe they can grab him off waivers now, so he'll be able to play in playoffs. That that is what I've heard. I don't know how true that is, so don't don't come at me and say I'm wrong. But uh, I'm not going to come at you because I didn't know that was the no no. I'm 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 talking about our listeners. but yeah, I'm pretty sure they can. If he wanted to come back and play, like come playoff time, like if the Bruins need help, they could just grab him off waivers. Yeah, um, uh, and then the fans will be like, "Oh, you can't do. How come they can do that? Blah blah blah, <laughs> or whatever the hell they'll find a way to complain about." But um, oh, uh, we forgot uh, Risto to Philadelphia and Ryan. Hart, well, yeah, Risto to Philadelphia. Uh, I feel yeah. like we won that trade. Um, oh, yeah, definitely uh, getting getting another first round pick. Well, we already went through the draft and we drafted the kid already, but getting a first rounder for him and uh, another piece helped. Yeah, but then Sam Reinhardt going to Florida for that. Who was the goalie? I mean, that was a couple weeks ago too, just before the draft. Who was the goalie that? He's like an AHL goalie, but like he, you had mentioned to me, we were talking about this. Like he was like one of the not like as good as Spencer Knight, but uh, still good enough to like you know eventually make it, get his place uh, as a number one uh, within a few years. Uh, Devin, it's Devin Levi. Yeah, Devin Levi. Um, yeah. He played for Canada in the World Juniors last year um, when they ended up taking silver. But this kid was, a, I believe he was a seventh-round pick um, in last year's draft. But this kid is really could be a starter for a franchise, in my opinion. Clearly, I'm not a scout or anything, so I'm not 100% sure. But from what I've seen from this kid watching him, from what I've heard, like, talked about him and, like, read about him, this kid's going to be a special, a special piece of talent once he gets developed into an NHL goaltender. Oh, I mean that's good there. I'm still gonna miss Sam Reinhardt though. I mean the kid, the guy was a fucking consistent kid, twenty goal scorer. Yeah, he, he, deserved, he, deserved, he deserved to move on though. 
They treated him like dog shit. Yeah. But he deserved to move on. He didn't even play his natural position at center up until this year. Um, and so I'm just happy for him. I hope he does good in Florida. I really hope Rhino does good in Philly. Philly. And then actually uh, another new face into place. I know he used to be a stud um, for like a season, but now he kind of fell off. Shane Gossespierre. I hope he can get back to his old form and play great. He went to uh, Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, I, I we'll see how he does down there in Phoenix. We'll out there in Phoenix. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's hockey, the hockey season doesn't start for another mo- two and a half or two and a half months or something like that, actually. So it will definitely be interesting to see how all these new faces and new places uh you know, adapt to their new teams and adapt to their new roles, whatever they may be. So it's definitely going to be an intriguing uh, saga for the most part. And the thing is, though, is like, you know, free agency really doesn't go away, honestly. I mean, the period starts, but it truly never ends. So we can we'll see like whatever moves are made before the start of the NHL season in October. Uh, And I do want to shift our attention now to just baseball. free the free. I was gonna go to ba- basketball and then end with baseball. Okay, actually. okay, perfect, perfect. I was gonna figure end with baseball. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, focus our attention now to the free agency period of the National Basketball Association, and the first couple of days were pretty fucking, pretty fucking something. Let me tell you. I mean, where do I even want to start with this? I mean, uh, the Chicago Bulls are gonna be an absolute unit come this season, I believe. Uh, we could start out with the Bulls. I mean, you know, they did the sign and trade deal with Lonzo Ball for Lonzo Ball, and then they did the sign and trade deal for DeMar DeRozan. And Zach Levine is still staying with the Bulls that I know. And they got the Caruso. They did get the Caruso. They got the Caruso. Oh, I mean, the Chicago Bulls are actually like, you know, I, I mean, they, they've definitely on paper have improved themselves over the past how compared to how they have been over the past few seasons. I mean, and, my thing is though, like look at the two teams that are at the finals this year's now, clearly you don't need a superstar team to get to the finals. So I think this Bulls team has actually improved because I think Lonzo Ball is a, a pretty decent point guard. Um, clearly not the best scorer, but the way he sees the court is great. Um, Adding DeMar DeRozan. I think DeMar DeRozan is a superstar in the league still. Oh, he's definitely. Cons- Zach he de- yeah. Oh, exactly. Like DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. Like, I mean, you know, DeMar DeRozan, very underrated basketball player. And Lonzo Ball is a very disrespected player, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because of his horrible tenure with the Lakers. And people still aren't over that for some reason. But I believe that, you know, the Bulls have made some good moves, honestly, uh, with those two contracts there. Um, and the thing is, though, is like, I don't know, now we'll go into like what I thought was stupid and uh, we'll talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and how they're potentially trying to create an older version of Showtime for some reason, uh, doing a trade. They're they're almost a handicap team at this point. Pretty much. I mean, they have like the, they had like the trade uh, between the Wizards and like four other, that the Russell Westbrook trade was like a nine player trade over five different teams officially. (laughs) So like they ended up losing Kyle Kuzma and and Kentavious Caldwell Pope uh, to the Wizards and they gained Russell Westbrook. But I feel they, uh, a couple other players uh, went to a different couple of teams as well. And then signing Carmel Anthony and as a free agent for a year, 
Um, losing Caruso, um, the only good, the only good move in my honest opinion, like isn't even a new face on the Lakers. Like I think the only good move that they've made was re-signing Taylor Horton Tucker to that three-year deal. That's like thirty-nine million or something like that. Uh, yeah, mainly because Dwight Howard back as well. And they got Dwight Howard back. Oh, I forgot about bringing back Dwight Howard. They should never let him go. I mean, I never understood that in the in the first place. But looking at these new faces and at on the Lakers, I mean, like, yeah, okay, like you know, they're talking about oh, keep that hater energy up or whatever. No, like I'm sorry, like Melo's 37. Right, we what? will keep that energy up, LeBron. We will keep it up because yeah. this team is old as shit now, and you might have just screwed yourself. He probably did screw himself, well, honestly. I think I Lakers think, fans I don't think, even I like these them, moves. I think them adding Westbrook is good because I think Westbrook playing with LeBron will calm him down a little bit. Yeah, but the thing is, though, and is they, like they still have AD. I mean, the Lakers still have AD and LeBron, and now you added a star point guard at that position. So now you have three superstars who can at least get you into deep. I mean, clearly, whenever you have LeBron on your team, you're going to go to playoffs. Um. But adding this, I think, gives them deeper into playoffs than they made this year. I just think I just think Russ playing under LeBron with AD, Russ won't be uh, shooting as much as he used to. I think he's going to be more come to more of a point guard role where he's actually looking to move the ball. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you, like you know. Once again, with hockey, you know, basketball starts up in October. We'll see how things go. The only thing is, though, is, like, I'm just very – like, there are Lakers fans that don't even like the moves that were made uh, in the offseason. Like, you know, like, honestly, like, you know, you have LeBron. Like, you have LeBron, and the thing is, though, is, like, at some point, like, he's going to eventually retire. So the thing is, though, is, like, yeah, of course you want to be in that win-now mode, get another title for LeBron, obviously. But at the same time, like, as a team, like, you have to build for your future. And I know that Kuzma and Caldwell Pope aren't the greatest options on the bench, but like there were well, at least Kuzma's young. Yeah, at least the, at least Kuzma was young, like you know, and Caruso too. Like Caruso was young too. But the thing is, though, is like now you look at this team, like you have like eight players, either thirty-two or older. And the thing is, though, is like a number of them, like they're not the players that they used to be. I mean, if LeBron gets injured, like if LeBron gets injured, then you know. Who knows what will happen there. But if Anthony Davis gets injured, now you've got Russell Westbrook out there with, like, Carmelo Anthony, um, uh, <laughs> Dwight Howard, and God knows who else on the uh, out there. Probably, like, Taylor Horton Tucker and somebody it's gonna else. Be, it's going to be the mellow show. Yeah, especially, be, especially come playoff time, it's going to be the mellow show on that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck out of here. Give me that ball or some shit like that. Oh, God. But, no, but uh, I mean, Celtics haven't made great moves. I mean, they're looking to bring him back Isaiah Thomas. They brought, they signed Dennis Schroeder officially to a one-year deal. Today. Well, did you see what Dennis Schroeder turned down and now to what the deal he signed? Yeah, he turned down eighty-four million dollar extension with the Lakers months ago during the regular season, yeah. and, and now he's got a five million dollar contract with the Celtics. Yeah, it's. I mean, the Celtics have actually made some terrible moves on. I mean, they brought back Al Horford. They um. Uh, they uh they traded I mean this was a while back like they traded Kemba Walker to Oklahoma City mm-hmm. who now had a buyout and is on the New York Knicks so the New York Knicks actually have a point guard now for the few uh for for not for not only now in the present but also a couple of years down the road as well because Kemba Walker is actually still a very young like he's not like he's not getting any younger but he's still 
a, a player at a decent age where he can be productive. It's just a matter of whether or not he can keep his knees healthy for the most part. Um, but the Celtics have not really made any good moves in my honest opinion. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is not the point guard. I want the player I want running the point uh, for as a Celtic, if as a Celtics fan, uh, especially I since he's not even a natural point guard, he's a natural shooting guard. Exactly. I understand that, like they're trying to like build the team around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But mm-hmm. the thing is, though, is like at some point, like you've got to realize that like we need somebody to run the point that can actually play point guard. I mean. The Kyrie Irving experiment failed like two se- like when he was traded from Cleveland. He spent more time at, uh, in street clothes than on the court for the Celtics. Then uh, Kemba Walker came in for a season and like, you know, for then Kemba Walker came in. I mean, like it worked out at first, but then like, you know, his injury problems happened. And I don't think Stevens was a fan of Kemba anyway. So he traded him and now Kemba's in New York. Um so, like, you know, these new face, like, you know, I, the Celtics really brought in, like, an old face, a new face. You know, I, I really don't know, like, what's going on. Yeah, uh, I don't like the moves that they made this offseason at all for them. Yeah, yeah no. Um, uh, Especially with the two young talents you have. You build just, around them. Yeah, like, I have no idea you what they're doing. You, they're, they're building down from them, it seems like. They, no, oh, no, moves, no moves will help these two players. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, the only other – I mean – Let's see here. Uh, Miami, um, uh, Miami with uh, the signing trade deal with Kyle Lowry from Toronto with Toronto. I feel like Miami improved their squad a lot. I mean, with that move there, um, I know that Kyle Lowry is like 35 years old and he's been in the league for a long time. But the thing is, though, is he's still a very productive player uh, on offense and on defense. Uh, So I feel like I don't know if he'll put Miami over the hump uh, in terms of trying to get back to the NBA finals like they did in 2020 uh, in the bubble. But the thing is, though, is like in a very weakened Eastern Conference and a very weakened Eastern Conference uh, compared to how stacked the West is, Miami Miami could potentially be one of the favorites again alongside the Brooklyn Nets and the um, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, who are the defending champions. But Again, we will see how that happens. Um, speaking of the Nets, um, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, left the Nets and went to the Wizards, which I'm trying to figure out that move as a whole. I mean, I understand that, like, you know, you want somebody young to play alongside Bradley Beal because Beal doesn't want to leave Washington for whatever reason. But, I mean, the Wizards actually gained a very good young player who, you know, the Nets kind of, like, screwed over when they acquired Kyrie Irving because Dinwiddie was doing very a very capable job at the guard. And then, you know, they bring in early Kyrie and Harden. So that, he's on the bench. And I can understand now why he left there. But I don't know. Like, you know, some of the moves that have happened in basketball, like, you know, I'm, I'm really questioning, like, how they were allowed to happen over the past few years. Yeah, it hasn't. This year hasn't been a crazy free agency for the NBA like we've seen in years past. Um, I think what for am I? I'm gonna go go back to the Celtics for a second. I think they're making moves so they don't have to pay players a lot. Um, so they're saving money to buy a superstar like next year or the year after. I think I just want to go back to them because I forgot to mention this. That's what I think the Celtics are doing, but I don't know if it really helps them though because. Who knows if Tatum will want to stay then once his contract is up? 
I mean, that's that's all. I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, I have to take a look. Obviously, like it's too early to tell who will be available in free agency once the 2021-2022 NBA season ends. But, I mean, you could be right there. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, so it is very annoying to see like what the Celtics are doing compared to the rest of the Eastern Conference, especially to see like the t- especially to see the New York Knicks making moves like they have been mm-hmm. uh, with getting Kemba Walker and then also like you know not new faces in new place in new place but same face in same place uh, like re-keeping Julius Randle, keeping Nerlens Noel, like what Leon Rose is doing there for the Knicks, like you know. Building a like building a foundation for for a successful team to come, uh, you know, for years to come for the most part. So it's definitely interesting to see like what's going on in the NBA. Nothing like really too crazy. I mean, you're not like gonna see like any max contracts be offered for to players from new teams. It's a lot of max extensions though, like on current teams, like Curry, uh, two hundred fifteen million dollar max extension. Kevin Durant, $198 million max extension. Luca got his uh, rookie max deal a couple days ago or just yesterday or something like that, which is like $205 million. So, like, and, you know, I'm not, like, there's no big, like, deals that, like, are happening in terms of, like, a major player, like, leaving to go somewhere else, which I kind of like, but at the same time, like, you know, Makes for a very boring offseason. The splash hasn't happened, exactly. But, you know, going into splashes, I mean, we're two weeks now from the MLB trade deadline, and the MLB trade uh, deadline, like, like the entire trading sequence that happened before the deadline was complete madness. I mean, where do we even start? I mean, I mean do you just want to talk about the Chicago Cubs just sending everyone away? Pretty much. I mean, them <laughs> and the Washington Nationals just yeah. – being just, just fire sales. I mean, yeah, they fucking just cleaned house. Yeah, they cleaned house. I mean, the Chicago Cubs, I mean, f- traded away three players that you thought would be Cubs for life in uh, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, and Chris Bryant. Uh, and Chris- all, of them, all of them on their first day, when first game with new teams, all of them hit a home run. Exactly. I mean, Javi Baez, I mean, uh, Anthony Rizzo, up until he tested positive for COVID, was like an, a light in the Yankees' offense for the most part. Like, he was you know, making the Yankees resurgence, pu- helping them push for the playoffs. Chris Bryant one was off to a good start for uh, – this has been off to a good start for the still high best record team in baseball, yeah. the San Francisco I, Giants. I heard his new name is Chris Giant. That's Chris what Giant, That's yeah. What calling him. And then the New York Mets actually trade for a great player, and they somehow get worse after that. What's going on there? Uh, the problem is our uh... – our owner tweeted that tonight is the Mets game. He's like, our offense is back. We're hot. He lost the game for nothing. I am completely <laughs> blaming. I, I really honestly have no idea. I think I, I there's just no offense on this team this year. You That's why they traded for Javi, though. Yeah. They traded for Javi for offense. I, I mean, like, I get his first game, he hit a home run. His second game with us, he went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, which I mean, Jesus you, I Christ. mean you get used to. I mean, if you watch Bias before, that's like what you get with That's them. what you, you either, expect. You yes. either get the home runs or the strikeouts. You, there's no really in between. 
Um, just their offense has been god awful this year. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean that's kind of crazy. Like you know, the Mets traded for a good, a very good player in Javi Baez, and then like they they're not in first place anymore. Which I mean, me as a you know, and you know, and you can tell me to piss off or whatever, but it's laughable to me as a Yankees fan. But uh, oh no, it's it's laughable to me too. <laughs> I mean, we just got swept by the Braves, Phillies, Phillies. Excuse me, I don't know why I said Braves. Yeah, we just got swept by the fucking Phillies. <laughs> it, it, this team has just really not, right not, met, not met the expectations from this year. Yeah, understandable there. But I mean, I mean, the thing is, though, is like, you know, I mean, I, get, I get we're missing. Sorry to interrupt you. I get we're missing Lindor and DeGrom is still out. But like you still expect the Mets to actually do something. Right. I mean, not get you, swept. You gotta, yeah, you got to expect Jacob DeGrom to always be hurt. Um. <laughs> Francisco Lindor, he still hasn't returned. So, I mean, it's just – you would still expect more. I mean, on paper, we have a very solid team. Yeah. We're not turning it into anything where it seemed like this could have been the year where we actually, like, make a run in the playoffs. But, no, now it just seems like we just might be average like we typically are. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy, you know, with how, you know, trades, you know, you're used to, like, you know, improve the team, rentals and whatnot and everything. Um, and, you know, we talked about the Cubs and how they had pretty much a fire sale and cleaned house with those three, play, like, three of the probably best players in recent Chicago Cubs memory. And then we go over to Washington and how they cleaned house. And let's just begin with how they decided to send both Max Scherzer and Trey Turner over to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And, you know, just give them the fucking infinity stone. Why don't you? Yep. Yep, I'm, I I didn't I, – I get it, but I don't. Well, go ahead, go ahead. I, I almost no, cut you, off you there. take it, you take it, you take it. Well, what really got me was I understand, like, as a Yankees fan, like, you know, there was talks that the Yankees were going to get Scherzer, but he said he didn't want to go to New York. He'd rather play for a contender. And as a Yankees fan, with how terrible they were at the time before their resurgence, yes, they were not a contender. They were sitting, like, in the middle of the wild card standings and now uh, compared to where they are now. Um, the fa- what, what really got me was there were talks throughout the entire day about – um, Scherzer going to San Diego to uh, the Padres, and then all of a sudden the Dodgers came out of nowhere and said, "Fuck you, San Diego." <laughs> go well, it's a quote Ron Burgundy actually. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. And they ended up, uh, you know, swooping in, taking Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, uh, because the Dodgers right now they they sit in a wild card spot. Uh, they sit alongside San Diego in that wild card matchup for once, if the playoffs were to start today. So obviously as the defending world champ, as the defending world series champions, you want to, you know, defend your crown. So like, you know, I understand the Dodgers went, had that historic terror. Like, you know, they went, they had a good start and they had that like terrible streak of where they lost like God knows how many games in a row and God knows how many games out of whatever. And then, uh, and then the whole Bauer situation, Bellinger was injured. Uh, he came back injured again, came back again, something like that. Um, so I understand, like, the Dodgers making those trades definitely yeah. helped, um, uh, uh, you know, especially because of, like, how they need pitching because, you know, the whole Bauer situation, Walker Bueller had Tommy John. Who knows how long he's going to be. He's going to be out for a year and a half. Uh, so who, so we don't know when he'll be coming back. Um, 
I'm still baffled that the I'm still baffled. I am like that the Yankees like traded for Rizzo though because they traded for Gallo a couple like a couple days before, um, and that wasn't really a surprise to me there because the talk was is that the Yankees wanted an outfielder because of how terrible their outfielder situation has been the entire season. I mean, Brett Gardner should not be the starting center fielder at his age. Um, yeah, he's still got some speed and he still has, but his arm is not as great as it used to be. Um, I understand that like, you know, the whole Hicks situation, the whole Hicks situation where he's out for God knows how long again, and he's just been injury prone throughout his career with the Yankees, uh, losing trading Talkman away, uh, really baffled me. Um, uh, that was back in like May or whatever. Uh, so their outfield situation was terrible. They were looking at Starling Mar- Marte. He ended up going to the A's. So then the attention turned back to Gallo. Uh, they got Gallo. But then all of a sudden, like, you know, the Thursday before deadline day, and it was like, oh, Rizzo to the Red Sox, Rizzo to the Red Sox, Rizzo to the Red Sox. Like, that's the talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Red Sox fans and, you know, noted Red Sox uh, reporters were hyped about the move potentially happening. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like, you know, Thursday evening or whatever, I had gotten back from a walk or whatever. The New York Yankees are in ta- are are uh, in talks to uh, tr- acquire Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where did that come from? Like, Cashman just swooped under no out of nowhere, you know, said, "Fuck you, Boston. We're taking Rizzo." Uh, Boston ended up uh, taking uh, Kyle Schwarber from the fire selling Nationals, who I believe is having a couple rehab starts, but that's still maybe a decent move. Uh, we'll see how that pans out for the Red Sox there. But I believe, like, up until, like, uh, like that Rizzo trade was the shock for me up until the Dodgers taking Scherzer and Trey Turner. So, like, those two moves right there for the trade deadline, like, you know, are probably the two best moves out there. Um, no, my, no, my favorite move, hang on. My favorite move was John Oxford getting traded to the Milwaukee Brewers for $1. $1? $1. Did you see uh, that? Uh, I did not see that actually. Yep, he, yep, the Blue Jays traded John Oxford away to the Milwaukee Brews for one dollar. Oh, really? Oh, speaking of the Blue Jays, they ended up uh, getting Jose, uh, They ended up getting Twins pitcher uh, Berrios uh, from the Twins, mm-hmm. uh, and they also tried to improve the Toronto Arson squad uh, bullpen, uh, one of the cra- shittiest bullpens in all of Major League Baseball, uh, <laughs> by acquiring Brad Hand, which I think if anybody's trading for Brad Hand is pretty much comical there. Uh, mainly because in his tenure with the Indians, he was horrible. Well, I mean, yes. He was horrible. You, you didn't need to throw that shot at me if that was a purpose. No, I'm not throwing that shot at you. I'm not throwing that shot at you or any Indians fan, honestly. I mean, as Indians fans, like, you shouldn't I, – I felt bad for you guys. Like, you know, you yeah. have, like, you know, leads or, you know, games, like, where you should have won. And yet that, that was the pro- that's the problem with the Indians for, like, the past couple of years was – their bullpen, like up top, was solid, but once you got to the relievers and the closers, they just couldn't get the game done for you. And now, yeah. I mean, they have really—I don't want to get into them too much—but they have clearly just lost their offense and everything. Um, yeah, they, they're going back to the average Indians that everyone kind of knows. That. I mean, get their fifty-five and fifty-five this year. What I think, right? There's like five hundred something like that. Yeah, and a terrible division. The yeah. Central- well, I mean, the White Sox are good. The White Sox are good, but the thing is, though, is like the division that's, is awful. Yes, it, it's very, very much awful there. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, I did not know that for one dollar. That's yeah, one dollar. That's fun. 
That's fun. Yeah, and, and I, I heard that today on the what was it? I was listening to something, and they're like, "Yeah, we traded for one dollar." Imagine being the guy going into the locker room, like knowing you're the guy that was traded for one dollar. Hot, like, I mean, that's your. That's almost like that's almost like Kelly Olenek <clears throat> when he who was was he traded from Boston? He was traded from Boston in like the fortieth overall pick for the sixtieth overall pick. They literally <laughs> traded a higher pick to move down with Kelly Olenek. That's what it reminded me of. That's that, that I do remember that trade actually. That was um uh, that was pretty bad for Kelly Olenek there. But one dollar that that's yeah, I mean, uh, that that that's that's your that's that guy's worth now at this point. Like yeah, I'll just be known that my new nick like you have to make your nickname like the, the one dollar man. The one dollar like, man. Just, yeah, just, just live with it now. But I'm not, exactly actually, speaking of for you guys all the Yankees. You guys have been on a pretty hot streak recently. I think you guys have a real chance to make a run at the. Uh, at least a wild card, I would think. The trade deadline has really helped the Yankees a lot, honestly. I mean, Gallo, like, you know, he was off to a slow start, kind of still is. Um, Rizzo, up until, like, he tested positive for COVID, came out like a ball of fire. Like, he had he had a, an, an RBI in his first, like, six games. Um, he had a couple home runs in his first two games. You know, he kind of just, like, reignited the Yankees' offense. Um and the thing is, though, is what I liked about gaining uh, Rizzo and uh, Gallo was that, like, you know, they added a couple contact hitters and uh, left-handed batters in the lineup, uh, you know, just to add that balance for the most part. Mm-hmm. But And the crazy part of it, too, is that they didn't lose Luke Voigt. Like, they still have Luke Voigt. I mean, since Rizzo tested positive for COVID, Luke Voigt came back from uh, his rehab, and he's been starting in the series against the Royals right now, and he's probably and he's most likely going to start in the series against the White Sox too, yeah. uh, and potentially the series after that because, you know, uh, you're out for Rizzo. He's out at least 10 days uh, because of the whole testing positive for COVID and whatnot. So it's definitely interesting there. But, yeah, 8-2 and two in the last 10 um, I think they're like, tw- I think they're like 16 and five or 16 or like 15 and six or something like that. And they're yeah, last one games. two games behind the Red Sox and the Red Sox. What mate? the Red Sox have been losing a lot, right? The Red Sox, have, the Red Sox have been losing a lot. I yeah, have not been saying that. I haven't said anything yet. I really have not been saying anything yet because I'm just hoping like, you know, by the time like they come to Yankee stadium for their next series, uh, which is only, which was supposed to be a two game series, but will be a three game series now in a cut in about a week and a half uh, because they have to make up a game from a, and a double header. Uh, you know, man, potentially, I mean, not only are the Yankees right now, and not to, you know, be the typical Yankees fan here, but not only are they in contention for the wild card, but they're not far off from the division, too. What do you guys, I, like, six games out or something like that? We're six, only six, six, six uh, yeah, six, six seven, or six, seven, six right? or seven back. I mean, you know, so they're two. So, they're, I mean, you know, the wild card is very much attainable. And the thing is, though, is like Tampa, like, you know, yeah. Tampa's like been up and down a little bit lately. I know the Red Sox and Rays are playing each other right now uh, in a three-game set, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I mean, the trade deadline definitely helped the Yankees. Uh, the uh, trade deadline actually also helped the Braves. Who the I forget who they got. Um, uh, I forget who they traded for, but um, uh, they were kind of terrible before the trade deadline, and now they have a winning record, and they're actually like looking like that they can do something, maybe take uh, do looking like they can actually like do something. Yeah, especially uh, with Acuna out. Yeah. 
Acuna out, torn ACL. God knows how long he's out for, potentially a whole year, uh, which means he'll be missing a good amount of the next upcoming season, depending on how that heals. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, just overall, I forget how the I forget who they've traded for, too. Because they ended Oh, shit. I forget who they traded for now. Because they traded... Wasn't they tra- it... Uh- uh, Eddie Ro- Rosario from the Indians? Eddie, Eddie Rosario, oh, yeah, because yes, the they, tra- they traded for Pablo. Yeah, because the Indians got Pablo Sandoval, and then uh, they ended up cutting him uh, that same day. So his tenure with the Indians was very short-lived. Um, uh, but, yeah, um, uh, the, he's brought new life into the Braves there. I mean, mm-hmm. like, they, they still have a long way to go, obviously, but we'll see how that goes down there in the uh, in the good old A down there in Georgia. But, um Overall, like new faces and new places, um, uh, it's always interesting to see like what happens uh, and what could happen, uh, whether or not these moves turn out to be great, whether or not they turn out to be busts. Uh, but I really don't have anything else like to discuss in terms of anything that happened with all these moves being made. Do you, sir? What was the question? Sorry, I missed it. God fucking damn it! <laughs> My own co-host doesn't even fucking listen to me. Um, I, what I said was is that I'm now looking for a new co-host uh, since my current one does not like to listen to me. So uh, if anybody wants to be the co-host with me for the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast, feel free to reach out to me. Um, Boy, fuck um, off, man! I'll put I'll put the job application up on Indeed to piss off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll both get the same applicant. Paiska's <laughs> not joining. <laughs> Paiska, you want to take my spot? You come take it because Jeremy's supposedly kicking me out because I missed one of his questions that he asked. Uh, yeah, Paiska, you can take God my for, spot God too. Forbid I, God forbid I started daydreaming for a second. Paiska, you want to take my spot? You want to take my spot too? God, uh, you know, Jake's <laughs> willing to throw me under the bus mainly just because I'm being a dick to him. But um, uh, it's going to no be a red, it's going to be a Red Sox podcast at that point. <laughs> Definitely not a Red Sox podcast. Uh, definitely not. Hell fucking no. I will never let that happen. <laughs> but um, uh, no, what, what I asked was, is, did you have any final thoughts uh, on everything that we had talked about today? Because I had mentioned that like it's always intriguing to see like new moves and new faces and new places and how they could potentially pan out or how they already are panning out in our case. Um, to be honest, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be happy here for you for a second. I really do think the Yankees have a shot at making the playoffs this year. And actually look, you guys look like right now that like he has turned it on. You guys could make it. I think you can make a run in playoffs and have a shot at winning. I mean, I get the Dodgers are looking like maybe possibly a powerhouse now with the talent they acquired, but the still, Giants are still very good. Still, too. Yeah, I was still going to say they're still sitting behind uh, the Giants and the Padres close on their ass, but, um, no, I, I'm happy for you guys there. I'm nothing really like too too ground in any other sports. Too besides Messi, like two groundbreaking moves. Um, yeah, that exactly. Really improves anyone like up to that next level, in my opinion. But I'm just excited to see Messi. Even though it's going to be weird to see, I'm excited to see Messi in the PSG uniform and what he can do. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I may have to wait until like a sale happens and and potentially get like that weird like jersey, the, a PSG jersey. Just hey, because use, I... use DH Gate. Sorry, that's a little plug there for someone who doesn't even sponsor us. But I for all my jerseys, I use DH Gate. They all come from China, so I get all my jerseys that look real. They're about twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, I know you did tell me that there. That's where uh, I got my uh, Lindor jersey from the Mets from. I got my Eichel jersey from there. 
I've got actually every single jersey I own from there. My solid jersey, everything. Ah, interesting, interesting. I may have to look into that there. I remember, like, uh, I may have to look into that there then. All right, but I don't, yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see how Messi does with PSG and uh, French League Un. I'm sorry, the League Un Uber Eats. Oh, also, also, the USA is officially back. I don't really think we've gone anywhere, but we did take the full medal count. We took the gold and we took the medal count in the Olympics. And we, we took had, the gold. We had, and we took gold in basketball over had, France. I know everybody was concerned about that. I fuck. They should have won. I mean, fuck off. Like, if you, like we lost one game is fucking embarrassing. I mean, the, the team we have it's fucking embarrassing that we actually lost the game. Our USA basketball team is an absolute joke. I I was cheering against it. That was the one American team I was rooting against. Was that team? I wanted yes, to see them. Tell me I wanted team. to see them lose, but they didn't. But we did take the medal count. We got thirty nine golds to China's thirty eight. And we had like a hundred something medals to China's. We had like a hundred nineteen medals to like yeah, China's, China's like, like ninety or something like that. Not it was like eight, yeah, eighty or eighty eight or something like that. But yeah, and it was an absolute uh, blowout. So the USA is back. We didn't really go anywhere. Um, I mean, we just kind of. Exp- I, I just think we get so many medals because we sent so many people to the Olympics compared to every other country in the world. Exactly. It's exactly. Fine. It's fine. We're dominant for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. We are, we are the goats. We, we know we're the best. Um, but other than that, I've got no final thoughts. Um, we'll have another episode recorded, uh, later on this week for you. We'll be recording one tomorrow. Um, going to be strictly about the, uh, net return of the national football league training camp as well underway. We'll definitely be touching on uh, a lot of topics there. Obviously, we'll beat off our own teams that we support. Uh, we'll talk Bills. We'll talk Giants. We'll talk what's going on around the rest of the league in training camp as well. Uh, but I have no final thoughts there. Uh, you can listen to and download the Lonely Heart Sports podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. You can also follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. We're not very active. We'll try to be better. Uh, we say we're trying to be better, but we're we, really we, not. Uh, we, yeah, we, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll say this once again. I don't know how to do Twitter. Um, I just go on there and like stuff. I I don't know what to do on Twitter. I don't know what I, to tweet. I may make – I know you have control of one account, but I think I'll make another account. That'd be um, smart. And, and I'll just run that myself. Uh, I know I haven't used the Instagram a lot lately, but yeah, I also – I'd rather run the Instagram than the Twitter because I think I know how to Instagram a little bit. I hate using – honestly right. – We'll I flip, hate Instagram. We'll, we'll flip-flop with the jobs. We'll, we'll flip-flop. Flip, I we'll, hate Instagram, to be honest. I mean, like, personally, like, I, it's just become a joke. But uh, maybe I'll declare war on Instagram to, uh, on the next recording as well. We'll see where that takes us. But uh, once again, that concludes another episode. We'll record another one later this week, talking NFL, like I said. Uh, and just keep on keeping on until then. All right, everybody? <laughs>